Hi everyone, welcome back to our little green pasture. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. Wow, I love that, the Lamb of God. Anyway, so I'm glad to be here. I have been under the weather again for a while and I'm slightly still under the weather. But that is why I'm here, believe it or not. And today I want to talk about giving Jesus Christ your very best. That's what I want to talk to you about today. You know, it's really something, isn't it, when we're all feeling really good? We're giving God our best as we know, right? In whatever capacity that we're giving him out or sharing his life or just living among others. But when we're not feeling good, everything becomes more raw. We can't depend on a sharp mind or physical strength. I actually welcome that from time to time, though I don't like the suffering aspect of it. Before I get started, I want to honor Jesus by lifting up this prayer to him, by lifting him up so that you will see only him and hear his sound. Thank you, Father. I just thank you so much for this time that you've blessed me with. I thank you that I'm even not feeling good. It's a way that I can recede and go back and have you go forward and in front of me. It's actually a blessing, Lord, and a reminder, Lord, that all my strength and all my streams are in you, are in thee. Lord, I was reading in your word a few minutes ago. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power of God may be of him and not of us. Amen. How wonderful it is to know that, Lord. I just pray now that you will be honored and glorified in the presence of all your people. Because your word says, in the presence of my people, I will be honored that you'll be glorified. I know that that also has a future connotation. But why not now? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I yield myself over to you. And I pray that you will be in the midst of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, where do I want to take this? You know how it is when you're not feeling good. But I, that's what I want to talk about. It's like our outward man perishes, but our inward man is being renewed day by day. And I want to talk about workers of Christ. And there is such, I just want to take a big sledgehammer and smash down perceptions about really what that means. I don't want to get categorical. I don't want to go through a bunch of notes. I'm too tired, <laughs> at least today. But sometimes doesn't Jesus just want those living waters to flow through us? Do we always have to have everything structurized? I don't think that's how he likes it all the time. Of course, it's good to have scriptures and everything, and I do. But what does it really mean to be a worker of Jesus Christ? You know, I mean, we read these words of Paul the Apostle in 2 Corinthians 6 and 2 Corinthians chapter 4, where he starts off in 2 Corinthians 6, 1, we, we then as workers together with him. And just those few words, um, of course, you honor that place that God gave him. I'm not even talking about him per se, actually at all. But what that looks like to your average believers, right? 
so many people um, are just so sincere hearted in loving the Lord. But when they read these scriptures, they say, oh, but I'm not called. I want to visit that for just a little bit because, you know, I never knew really that God called me to teach. And I do know he called me to teach. Do I know, know it a long time ago? No. But, you know, what does it really mean to teach others? Yes, there's real callings. Yes, there's, we could read that. And you can do that on your own time in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And you could read about all the gifts and callings, administrations and operations of God by the Holy Spirit. And maybe you fit in one or a few of those categories. But I want to talk about what it really means, because there might be some conflicting thoughts in the word I want to clear up. So let me just kind of make this personal right now, since I'm just letting it flow. You know, I have noticed that within myself, I never thought of it being anything else but just myself. But I've been one of those kind of people like I've been knocked down a thousand times and there's so many times where I'm like, Lord, I'm I'm fleeing from this workers field or I didn't call it a workers field. I was like, Lord, it's just too heavy for me. The attacks are too violent, you know, and there were, of course, very many. But something within me built back up again, and I noticed it over decades of time. Until I really did realize it was the greater that's he that is in me than he that's in this world. Because like Elijah, remember when he was running from that evil Jezebel who sent a messenger to him saying, you let Elijah know by this time tomorrow he's a dead man. And he just had a wonderful, powerful demonstration of God's power, you know, with the 400 uh, the 200 prophets of um, Jezebel that sat at her table and the 400 other prophets of Baal. And you can read that again on your own time. But here he is now a man filled with the power of God, fleeing into the wilderness. He gets rid of his servant. He goes on into the desert. He goes into the cave. And he said, Am I better than my father's? Isn't it? It's better for me to die. And the Lord heard him. The Lord heard him. And he answered, but not according to what he wanted. But he laid down and God fed him with a piece of bread and a cruise of water every day for 40 days until he was strong enough to go back out and finish the work that God had for him. And, you know, we read these stories and we go, oh, my gosh, Elijah. Oh, my, you know, we're talking about great men that ran up and down the Judean hills and stood before great kings and those kind of things. And then we see ourselves in this New Testament era and we say, oh, Lord, I can never be a worker. I'm too shy or I don't know enough. But I, I want to really just fizzle that out in your life today. And I believe, as far as I can tell in my own heart, the Lord really wants to encourage you that you are indeed his worker. If there's something in you that says, I don't know, I took some big hits, but for some reason I keep coming back around and I do it again. I just stretch out my, stretch forth my hands 
and I share the gospel or I share my life or I, you know, just just living among other people. Like Paul said, you have seen my manner of life. And so people see your manner of life. And that's also a way you teach other people. It's not, you know, it says the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Not that, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I know you understand what that means. The word of God, it says in the word in Psalm uh, 138, verse two, it says, for I will worship towards thy holy temple and I will magnify thy name for thou no, And I will uh, worship towards thy holy name, thy holy place for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. So it's not a diminishing of his word. It's saying sometimes it goes beyond words that we think we're going to say that are going to bless others or help others. And a lot of times Satan sets us up. Haven't you ever had that where all of a sudden you think it's the Lord? And maybe this is going to help you if you haven't experienced it yet. And later it'll help you. You're not you're not discerning yet. And all of a sudden you go, you're, there's a stranger with you. Maybe you're standing next to them in a line or whatever the case may be. And you're saying your heart starts racing and then you feel this compulsion mention the Lord, say something about Jesus, ask them if they're saved, ask them if they, you know, do something. And then I've been there before where I've said, um, you know, I just really want to tell you that Jesus loves you only to be go, go through an instant uh, wood and chipper shredder. And I realized Jesus wasn't asking me to do that at all. That was for me to go say something so that he can chase me off and out of the arena. And so let me just pause right there. You see, this, this era of teaching has people thinking, you got to get out there. You got to go and preach the word. You got to stand on the corner. You got to do this. You got to do that. You know, God is building up your character every single day. It's, he's building you into a personality into, and your character goes along with that personality because you see, God is not expecting you to be like Jesus. He made you a vessel so that the life of Jesus Christ comes forth out of you. Satan tries to put everything on us, or maybe we have some religious pride. Maybe we're just not have that character part in us cleared up yet, but it will come. Because you see, Jesus knows inside of you who you are. He knows how you feel about him. He understands he created you and he made you. You know, he knows that you want to serve him. But just take a couple of steps back. I want to read something. In 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 10, he goes through the whole list. I really don't want to read the whole thing. And I want to just leave that up to you. But he says, we then as workers together with him beseech you. That you receive not the grace of God in vain. And he goes on into the ministry. And then he talks about what they go through in ministry. And I almost sometimes don't like that word ministry because it's been so really polluted in this last hour of the church age that when you say, I have a ministry, people very much get scared. They go, hmm, really, what kind of ministry? And I don't blame people because. So many wild and crazy ministries have popped in through the last, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 years. And it's getting worse and worse. And so people are hesitant. I'll tell you something. The real workers of Jesus Christ, they don't answer to anything called a ministry. 
they answer to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter where they're at. You know, I mean, look at just a couple of them. I'll just say, okay. He says, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, and distresses, in stripes, in, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, and fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, and so on. It's very long. And if you've read the life of Paul, you go, wow, my gosh, you know, he was, he was, um, killed once he was stoned i mean have you ever seen what stoning does to I've, have you ever seen anybody stoned i've seen it like on video maybe a couple of videos it's horrific i think he was stoned i think i think he was stoned once and then he was beaten with rods he was shipwrecked and you know would you think about and when he says i spent a day and night in the deep he was talking about the deep ocean i mean this man went through everything and i'll tell you something the, really the mark of a true worker, whoever you are, is you keep going. And, you know, so many people, they don't desire to work for the Lord. That's between them and God. But if this is speaking to you, listen very carefully. You know, here's where I want to talk because some people say, um, well, I'm a little bit confused because it says in James 3, 1, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Yet in Hebrews 5.12, um, and I believe Paul wrote Hebrews, he says, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles are God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. You know, let, let me say this. People will go, well, what does he mean? And I say this, there is an expectation for you to be some teaching people. And I don't mean okay, I'm going to start a Bible study in my home on Thursdays at 7 p.m. and we'll go for a couple of hours. That's not what he means. He means where you are at and that is how you live among people. I'm telling you, your life, your manner of life, the way you live in front of people without saying a word, it will bring conviction upon many people. I was working at this place and everybody was unsaved. They're, they had an employee pool of like over 200 people. And every single person, I mean from the top general manager to the server and, you know, who else? But everybody cussed up a storm. Whatever. It's, you know, un, unbelievers do what they do. But I wouldn't, I obviously I don't cuss, so I'm not going to cuss. And so... Little by little, without me saying a word, they started to like, they'd get around me and cuss and go, don't, don't cuss around her. Look, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And he's the one who is the source of that power that breaks through the weakness of your flesh. You know, God does expect us. There is an expectation for us to be teachers, but not in the same connotation that some may think that they have to live up to something that they have to do something jesus says in john 7 38 he that believeth in me as the scripture saith out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water and there's things every day since you've been saved that you've been walking through believing god for warring through 
being healed, praying over other people, stumbling, falling, getting right back up again. Even though you've been discouraged, the Holy Spirit brings you back again. He's building character in you and power. You see, Satan wants you to believe that whatever you have to say, don't embarrass yourself. You don't want to share that. Oh, they're not going to listen to you. They think you're nothing. Why would the enemy do that so much? Why would he? You know why? Because you will never go wrong when you give God your best. You know, you're. I, I, I was looking at something Oswald Chambers said today. He said, always give the best you have got every time. Never think about who you are giving it to. Let the other people take it or leave it as they choose. Pour out the best you have and always be poor. Never reserve anything. Never be diplomatic and careful about the treasure God gives. Always now is the secret of the Christian life. And you know, when we're living in the now and we have now faith and now love, we're not looking into some future thing that God is going to do. Like Elizabeth Elliot said, you know, we always think that life is around the corner, that we're always looking around the corner to see if what's coming for us. But you know, today is the day that you are alive and you will not go wrong. And you know why I say you cannot go wrong? Because not long ago, like I was, you know, going, Lord, I want to give a message. Um, gosh, you know, Jesus, I just don't feel that inspiration. And and I and I just was quiet and I was meditating on that. And my heart wanted to give a message. And I heard in my heart, whatever you teach, you will never go wrong. And so what are you learning? every day what are you doing you know whatever it is that you do for a living wherever christ has put you whatever family you're in whatever nation you're in christ is alive in you you know i'll tell you what what i have seen through just a lot of reading that i've done through the years many decades is that all the best uh people that that are in heaven now you know, from the Puritan era and through the dark ages and, you know, through all the way up, you know, through the 1800s, all of those wonderful men and women, you know what they did? They preached the gospel, but they did it during their era, what they were seeing. They were recording what they were seeing and they were combining it with the Holy Spirit and his teaching. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine today and He's been speaking to a brother in another uh, third world country, and he was talking about how he tries to find a way to describe things to him, and he has a hard time processing it, and he tries to make it as simple as possible. He does a great job. And I said, yes, I said, you have to dial it in. The Holy Spirit will dial it in per person that you speak to and live around. Because you see, if I were to talk to somebody who's from a third world nation and say, I would like to speak to you today about the great white throne judgment. But before that, there's a millennial reign and he'll rule and reign for a period of a thousand years. But before that, there will be a great war. And how is that going to speak to somebody who lives in an agrarian world who has nothing? How is that going to minister to them? 
see, the Holy Spirit knows how to speak to certain people groups. So we have to be sensitive to dial it in and where you are and what you're learning right now in your respective life in the lot that Christ gave you is specifically perfect for you, for those that you will share Christ with in words that you will speak. And listen, you may never get a chance to speak to them, but I'll tell you, there is ways that you can speak to God for them. Never, ever, ever take it for granted that any moment or day of your life is some random occurrence. Everything God does is articulate. You know, I I say always give the best you have every time, just like he said. And I love something. I saw this quote Abraham Lincoln said, and he said this. If I were to read, much less answer all the attacks made on me, this shop might as well be closed for any other business. I do the very best I know how, the very best I can, and mean to keep doing so until the end. If the end brings me out all right, what's said against me won't amount to anything. If the end brings me out wrong, 10 angels swearing I was right would make no difference. There is something inside that says, I'm going to keep going. I mean, something even greater than yours. It's obviously the life of Jesus Christ. What I was saying to you, the life of Jesus Christ is meant to come out of you. Sometimes I think so much learning gets in the way of the flow of the Holy Spirit. Don't, that's why he says, don't think to become many masters. I don't think he meant that like, you know, we're superior. Yes. Be very careful because if we think to become many masters, we're going to be responsible. First of all, we're going to be putting ourselves in a place God didn't call us to be. And what are we going to do? We're going to wreak havoc. We're going to be out of the will of God. We're going to be trying to teach people things we think they ought to know. And then where does Jesus ever fit in? Listen, the greater and he that's in us is greater than he that's in the world. He is the light of the world. He is the way. He is the truth. You know, I think that um, it's when we really realize the beauty, like Jesus said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture saith, do you believe on him? Not just enter into some sanctification experience and then after that do nothing, but don't be afraid to go further. Pour out the best that you have, like Oswald said. Don't be, don't be, um, don't, don't be so aware of everybody that's around you. You know, I think of those men and people through history and so many stories I've read about them in testimonies where people just led normal lives, but they experienced being the most beautiful vessels to the Lord. You know, so many people, they want to be these heavenly, you know, I want to be, you know, right with the Lord. I want to have heaven's righteousness in me. I say, you know what? Be what the Lord wants you to be here on earth. And the very personality that he is building up in you and the character that he's building up in you, let him do it. And let him express himself through you. You know, I was talking to a sister in Christ in another part of the world, and I love her so much. And we were talking this morning. And she's a different kind of teacher than me. Everybody has a different teacher style, you know. And she's explained to me about certain people that she meets with. And there are a certain type of people and the way they think and the in the professions that they're in. 
she has that group because God gave her that group. She knows how to speak to them. Okay. I, on the other hand, I, I have just the way I deliver it. Do you know what I want to say? And then I'm going to close. <clears throat> I said to her, I said, you know what? I said, you know what the real mark is? Is that you just want to hear him yourself. And you know what? If you really ask him and if you really want read his word, he will reveal himself to you. And not just so that you know the word and you can quote it. But you know what? Everything that you learn from him is his. And it will always be his. Like I said, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. No, chapter, uh, uh, is it 4? I'm sorry, I'm foggy right now. It says, um, uh, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So that the power may be of God, the, the knowledge of his power may be of him and not of us. You know, when I started to get a taste of that, you know, there was like the skies parted and the sun shone and I found a freedom I never knew before and a joy. Yes, there's hardships. Yes, there's attacks. Yes, they're awful. But there's something that's conditioned in me, just like in you. And so wherever you are, let God do what he's doing with you. Wherever you are, whatever you're experienced, be a teacher. Be a teacher in word and in deed and in manner of your life. Because I believe this, your life as a worker is the way you say thank you to God for his unspeakable gift.